Welcome to the podcast. It's the worst territory in the world. Personalities, history, and other stories. We know you're craving for more knowledge. Let the champions get their glory. It's the worst territory in the world. All right, everybody, welcome in. It is the best time of the week to talk about the worst territory in the world. I'm Gabe sitting here with Chris. Chris, it is Super Bowl weekend here in Kansas City. Everyone's decked out in red. Everybody's ready for Patrick Mahomes to perhaps take uh, his second, is it third Super Bowl title? Third. Third. Okay. Chris, what are you doing this weekend for the Super Bowl? How are you doing? In the last since last time we talked, and uh, just give us an update. What's up? I wish there was a lot of stuff going on in wrestling. Yeah, uh, there's nothing to talk about today. Piss poor as far as uh, news and everything. But uh, <laughs> no, I the uh, the Super Bowl. Um, I even though uh, I am a Chiefs fan, of course, born and bred in Kansas City and everything, and I'm happy that we're going through this renaissance of such a good time with Mahomes. I do understand the Chiefs fatigue for everybody else because yeah, I sure. think I think you feel it when I mean Tom Brady. We're not to the Tom Brady level yet of like the yeah, extended amount of time that it went on. You know, I mean, yeah. I think it can, it will get there. It, it will, will get, get there, there, but I don't think it, it's it's necessarily that long yet, but. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's just, you know, it's funny. My wife was asking me once, like, uh, hey, these State Farm commercials, do they, does every, like, does every team have, like, their stars in their commercials in their region, you know? And I'm like, no, no, they just all, this is like the Mahomes and like, Reed stuff goes everywhere. And so, of course, yeah, everyone just yeah. gets so annoyed with it, which I did when Aaron Rodgers, frankly, was on it sure. all the time. So sure. it happens. But, uh, man, it is, uh, it's hard to hate, um Patrick Mahomes, if you're a, uh, you know, just a random football person, I mean, you could hate him because he's good, but he's not a jerk quite yet, openly, publicly. So I think that could possibly turn as he gets older and he gets a little bit more uh, cynical as the days get upon him. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to, I feel like the Chiefs have an easy win here. So I do too. Um, I do too. What do you think the final score is going to be? Let's lay, lay out some quick predictions. I feel like you- the Chiefs win like 10 points. I, I don't know. Let's go. I've been saying like 27, 17, stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to say 27, 14, but I'm going to change it now since that's kind of roughly what you're doing. I'm going to say it's going to be 21, 27. Okay. I mean, I look, I think that um, if you if you watch the Chiefs this year, you know, they're not scoring at will. It's sort of hard for me to believe they'll get, you know, 35 points or something yeah. against the 49ers who have a good defense. So anyway, I think it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. We'll see. We've uh, What are you doing? Uh, Myself and Wyatt and Strider have all already bought um, our hotels for next Super Bowl in New Orleans. So we're looking oh forward to man, going you there. guys are gonna oh you that's like your dream. I know, I know. Although I'm not necessarily like it's already busy in New Orleans and Las Vegas. It's always busy, so mm-hmm. I it, I don't think it's the opportunity. Like it's not my favorite time to go when there's a trillion people in the French Quarter, you know, because there's already a bunch of people and they're just gonna pile so many more on there but uh we we looked into it and we got like a cheap deal on some and we're like let's just like let's just you know we can cancel if we want but uh we'll see but i it brings me to the question gabe how much money would you spend for a super bowl ticket i mean i don't know how big of a fan i know you're a bears fan so you don't care i get it no no uh, it's not because i'm a bears fan and i'm a happy i always tell people bears are my number one chiefs are my number two because i live here 
So it's good to have the best football team in the NFL in the last 10 years be my number two. I, I'm not a big enough fan of major sporting events to spend money on it. I love being at home. I love having food on demand. I love sure. being, you know, just chilling. I, I I really wouldn't spend that much money. The I do, experience is worth nothing to you? Like yeah. just to say it? Nothing? Okay. Nah, okay. Nah, I'm just not cool. that guy. Like I went to WrestleMania one time, the one that was in San Francisco uh, the year okay. before I moved here, I think, as a matter of fact. Like 14, um, 15 right down there. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to that and I'm glad I got to do it. I'm glad I got to see the Undertaker's entrance. But other than that, it was really not that great. Couldn't see shit. Like, you know, it it's was small. There's breaks like, you yeah. don't understand what's really going on. Like, that's how I feel on wrestling shows in general. So it's um, I always think, you know, it. that's how I am with sporting events now, too. I'm just too jaded after being in wrestling for so long and then pro sports. A live sporting event is really cool if you haven't done it before. And right. I, I understand diehards that love it all the time. But yeah, I'm sort of like you. I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, only three thousand dollars. No problem. And I think, you know, Strider and White would definitely consider that <laughs> well i hope that if the chiefs make it to the super bowl next year when you guys are there i hope they win because i remember when strider when they lost i think it was a playoff game mm. when we were in the nwl strider was a little distraught for a little bit too long yeah strider, was, if you're listening was, to this i like that was unreasonable you're that was, that was but, yeah you're right He's crazy about he's the crazy, Chiefs, but uh, that was before the sustained success of the Chiefs. That was yeah. just that was 30 years of pent up he, frustration. He so, yeah. was mopey and just sad. And I was like, it's football, bro. Like one day, cool. Like the next day, yeah, it's kind of shitty. I mean, it was a whole week. I was like, you got to come out of your funk, man. This is weird. Like, I've had is... to tell, I mean, Strider can go cut his head open from ear to ear and, uh, you know, be happy as hell, but a football team that has no bearing on his real life loses. And yeah, he's crazy. I know. I, I have, I have that conversation with him a lot, but, uh, you know, it's just some people are very passionate about it for some reason. He is. He's very passionate about a lot of things. The one thing we're passionate about Goff, is we're going to eat a lot this weekend. We're going to hang out. We're going to hopefully watch another chief's victory. Um, I think they are becoming the evil empire, by the way, just, I think it's, on its, I think it's on its crest and I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. But one thing we're passionate about golf is we are passionate about the world of pro wrestling, but because there is no news or anything going on, we're going to say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> and we're going to say, no, uh, lots going on golf. Holy Toledo. We are on the heels just last night of the WrestleMania, uh, 40 press conference mm -hmm. and, um, we'll get some thoughts and opinions about that. We're going to talk about the whole mix-up. We're going to talk very little about CM Punk. We may get some quick reactions from you about the Royal Rumble, what we thought, what we liked, what we didn't like. I know you don't watch cards in their entirety because you're super busy being a multimillionaire uh, winemaker. And you're no, just it just sort of bores me. But no, and, but and you're yeah, also yeah. you're also busy running corporations into the ground that trust you with <laughs> well, their that money. Doesn't take very long. Yeah, that <laughs> only four, only sixteen months. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to talk about shitty meme accounts run on Twitter. Just kidding. Um, and we're, and we're going to talk about a plethora of wrestling stuff. So please stay tuned because we got a lot of thoughts and opinions. We will eventually go off. We're going to do another NWL episode. We've been talking, uh, floating some ideas around. 
um, about. Well, some- I'm going to talk with the Regal twins at some point. So yes. will you, because yes. we need your uh, speaking of like top level Zoom account for us to do that <laughs> with them. Oh, you're using me for my Zoom account. Yeah, That's I great. use you for your 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 unlimited Zoom minutes. But That's uh, right. That's you right. know, you have one Regal over the across the pond. You have one here. Right. So um, we're we're trying to get them all together, but it sounds like they're ready to do some shooting. You know, that's what it sounds like. So we'll see. But uh, I cannot. They wait. like to give me a ton of shit about the way they were booked in Metro Pro when they they showed up at my doorstep one day, like two little waifs, like they, you know, like two little jacked wait. waifs. Wait, what? wait, wait. They like to give you shit about the way they were booked at Metro Pro. Yeah, oh, because that's crazy. You, they came and knocking, you know, <laughs> and they were like they have a good look, obviously. And, and incredible. And, you know, Years would go by, they would be involved in they a look, lot. They but, look, uh, they look better now. Those dudes <laughs> well, are freaking. They got muscles on their muscles. They're always going to be in good shape. Those yeah, two, but absolutely. they, um, they, they showed up and uh, they told me that they, they remind me frequently that I sent them somewhere else to train, and I said, <laughs> you know, go get some seasoning and come back. And you know, then years later, we worked at NWL and. They were one of the top acts. So anyway, I want to get their thought. They were the technically they were the first yes. uh talent signed to the NWL and to get their thoughts and uh what you know, just going into how why they got into wrestling, why they love wrestling during the NWL, Metro Pro, Journey, stuff like that that they're involved in. And then and then what they're doing now because they're you know, they're not living in the same city now and they're different. Right. And I really I think for whatever reason, you know, there's a lot of luck involved in wrestling and getting big breaks and who you know sure. and all that stuff. And obviously, I wasn't a big enough person to know to get them a really big job somewhere. But uh, they should they blame were, you for uh, that too. They they were uh, they are like they're good dudes, and I want to I want to get their take on that. So that will definitely be a fun NWL. Uh, you episode. know, we should also get their opinion on the uh, Tucker Carlson uh, Vladimir Putin interview that just dropped last night. Oh, um, so I heard that was a really big one. I wish I watched I Tucker watched Carlson. the entire thing this morning. So how was you it? You know what? Let's start off. Let's talk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was deep it, into politics. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's let's change the format of our show to just be a political show. It was uh, it was it was insightful. People should watch it, no matter what side of the fence you sit on. Yeah, yeah. but just always remember that uh, politics is theater. And that's oh, exactly what um, is presented on every side of the aisle. So what is in theater, dude? I have this conversation yeah. all the time. You know, yeah. I, I try to, you know, some people call me a negative and cynical. I, I call myself skeptical and realistic, but whatever. I've had a lot <laughs> of experiences in life. And so what what I one thing that I'm pretty good at is sort of seeing what, you know, calling a bullshitter a bullshitter. You know, people like Joe McDonald, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when you go through life, you see um you know, like I, I have to argue all the time, not just politics, because that's all fake. You know, of course, televangelists, he's at the top of the mountain of the fakers. But then you have to see all these people that hide behind so many things, including like just news or like how many do you saw people in your life, Gabe, that think like, oh, my gosh, that's that reporter over there on Channel 4 or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, th- this person is news is all BS anyway. What, yeah, regardless absolutely. of what side you're on, I don't right. care. I'm not taking a political stance here. This is just news. Is I I am a broadcast journalism major. I worked in news uh, organizations. It depends on the news director. It depends on so many things. But my point is, everything is theater, and I agree with you. Yeah. So just take it as what it's worth. But let's talk about last night. Let's get into the rest. The latest wrestling news from around the world. There we go. All right, so last night we had the WrestleMania 40 press conference, which everybody was looking forward to. Um, 
And it, it, you know, since it's been a while since we've uh, caught up, you know, to speed with what's been going on in pro wrestling or, you know, caught everybody else up with our opinions about it. Um, so obviously everybody knows that listens to this podcast uh, that, you know, um, who is Cody choosing? Has he chose? Who, who's going to main event? The Rock, TKO, da, 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 da. There's a lot of intrigue going into last night. And before we get into the exact happenings of last night, so let's rewind a little bit. It looked like when The Rock came back that he was definitely going to kind of kick Cody out of the way and he was going to take over the main event slot. Um, there had been reports that The Rock wanted, as part of his TKO deal, insisted that he face Roman Reigns to quote unquote save the company from the PR nightmare that I don't know, there was some sort of PR nightmare happening a couple of weeks ago. No idea. But apparently he was there to save it, save the WWE from themselves. And then all of a sudden we have this, this pivot that's been happening in the last couple of weeks. Now, Goff, there's been a lot of reporting. Uh, Dave Meltzer says that, you know, the plan from the get-go was Cody winning the Rumble and going on to face, uh, I think he said that it, it, his story has changed a couple of times, that he was going to go on and face Roman. But when Rock comes back into the picture and CM Punk gets injured at Royal Rumble, Things have to kind of get shifted. What do you think is the real story going on right now heading in to WrestleMania? Was this a plan from the beginning? Was this brilliant long-term storytelling or was this a shift in the direction because of injuries and The Rock's return? It's sort of hard to tell, you know? I mean, just being on being on a couple of road to WrestleMania moment type things when you have to sort of, you know, it is true. Like back 20 years ago, at least, you were... Uh, you were booking for the next WrestleMania as soon as the ne this WrestleMania, even before this WrestleMania takes place. So, and when I say that, you just have general ideas. You sort of have a general direction you're going to go. You're going to have to backfill every pay per view until you know up to that point. So, I mean, was uh, was Rock uh, Reigns was Cody Reigns on the table a year ago? Could have been either way because we heard about Rock possible Rock Roman last year. So, you know, this has been in the works for a while. But I, you know, I, who knows? There's so many uh, outside. I'm telling you, the best story that will ever never be written uh, is going to be the the true uh, sort of family life of the McMahons behind the scenes of the last like 20 years. I mean, it's just ever since Shane left the first time and Stephanie and Triple H rising to power and Vince's, uh, you know, multiple things brought against him, his exits, his comebacks, his. Shane coming back, Shane leaving again, like, uh, and you know, then the whole what's happened the last month here with Vince and everything, the TKO faction, you know, the part of this uh, rock being on the board, was that part of it? Obviously they knew there were several things, obviously pointing that they knew uh, Vince knew this was coming out and they knew it was coming out about all the accusations against Vince public from Janelle Grant was that uh, Vince sold a ton of stocks like two days before. So that was pretty telling. And also the rockets name to the board of directors, right. You know, right, right around this, like literally so the day, I'm almost the day before. Yeah. So it's like, well, like, yeah, it was, a uh, everyone's calling it sort of a, a PR patch work thing, you know, to sort of like ride this horrible negative wave that they're going to have to go on with Vince again. And, you know, uh, and we'll get to Vince and I think the best thing happened and that's what was necessarily, we have a lot of theories on what, why it happened, but Vince is right. gone and that's what's best for the company. Now, no matter what side of the Vince thing you're on, uh, it's best that he's gone. It just is at this point going forward, new company should be wiped clean. Anyway, he was there to sell the company. Now he's, now he's gone, but I don't know, man. I, I you know, with the CM Punk injuries, uh, another wrench that was thrown in that you didn't see coming. I mean, this stuff happens all the time, which is why it's always hard to sort of 
sort of nitpick how things are booked. And it's sort of hard for someone like a Dave Meltzer to sort of predict because there's so many factors that Dave, even Dave has no understanding of, cause he's never sat in that room, you know, like, I mean, it's funny, like Dave or anyone else that's never written before can sit there and try to analyze how these things work and try to, but until you're in there and like someone like Vince or, you know, I don't even know who makes the final call now, if it is triple H in the Vince spot who just sits in this meetings now, or maybe he gets messages sent up to him. I mean, there's been a whole different uh, sort of changing of the guard since I was there as far as how it works. But um, you know, how many times, at this point, uh, Vince could Vince could just have like a just that day there was a bad reaction and he changes something that we've been working on for six months. I mean that happened all the time, so it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. I think Rock Roman has been on the table for a couple years. I think um, possibly the the actor strike had something to do with Rock wanting to do it this year, and that has now been settled. So now it's sort of like maybe it doesn't mean as much, but Rock has gotten in like huge jack shape for this too and not that he's not always in great shape but i he's he just looks bigger i mean now than so he much did. chicken and rice it's just like yeah how he many a lot of prayers a lot of, of how many chickens can you eat in one day the rock will answer that for you um but i i to answer to long-winded yeah. answer i yeah. just i think uh what happened last night and what's what's happening with the sort of the trio of roman rock and cody uh, is a fascinating way to go with it. I, I think it's always, I, this has been a great storyline in terms of, I mean, if you just go through the ups and downs of this Roman Reigns storyline with the Sami Zayn bubble and like all these little things that have happened where people are so angry that they didn't put yeah. it on Sami Zayn yeah. or something. It's just that one. Looking back, I mean, come on, how dumb would that have been? I mean, you, yeah. you have a whole nother yeah. year of this that could have been like extended. And like, I, I just sort of like the confusing nature of this. The only thing I don't want to see happen out of this is I would not like to see another triple threat, even though it works out if they're both, the, if the Samoan dynasty or whatever you want to call it is a going against uh cody that is the ultimate sort of odds against cody at this point but i hate triple threat main events in wrestlemania and i i didn't like the last one we had and i wouldn't like this one just on paper anyway so i i made a prediction last night when things were kind of unfolding and first of all first and foremost let me say like again i was absolutely glued to the television last night during the press conference i thought it was a fantastic Good. way to end the show um, or to, I mean, they capitalized on the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas, so they had probably more people in that audience than in a typical AEW show, which is hilarious. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm I'm like an AEW hater, but I, I do hate what they're doing right now. Anyways, um, so you know they they do this whole press conference thing, and I'm like, man, this is this is good TV. This is just like when The Rock slapped him and said, "Don't talk about my family." And even the little tidbit at the end when they're walking away—I don't know if you saw this—but Roman and Triple H, or they had that confrontation with Triple H, and the sort of looked like it was there. taped with like a cell phone or something. Yeah, right. And then it was just like, and they're like, "Fix this," you you know, blah blah blah. You got they talk about they talk shit about my family. You need to fix this. And it was interesting because they were walking away together. So it begs the question, you know, obviously what's going to happen at Elimination Chamber going into WrestleMania? Is it going to be a situation of Seth and Cody, the unlikely duo, versus the unlikely duo of Rock and 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 Roman Reigns? And then what does that do for the WrestleMania main event? Now, we have two nights. So my prediction last night as I was watching everything unfold was it may be a situation where it's Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth night one. Night two is the winner of those two to unify the belts. I think that would be a great way to play it out. I I, I think that would I, instead of doing a triple threat, you have both guys 
you know, and because they were supposed to, I guess, rumor has it, they were trying to unify the titles later on down the line in SummerSlam. Why not do it? Make it just, you have The Rock versus Roman already. Okay, great. Biggest night ever. And then you have, because what, what doesn't make sense to me is like you had Seth in the background last night. Yeah. Oh man, what the hell? You know, and he's like kind of in this weird background area. And it's like, I know he's injured, so I know he can't do a lot, but why is he there? And everyone was like shooing him away. Like he was like being dismissed and it was kind of insulting to his position and his title. And because they are the main event or whatever, but so it was confusing and there's been some twists obviously in here. That's really confusing, but overall I'm loving this. I'm loving that everybody has a theory. I'm loving that everybody's talking about it. I'm loving that this reporter is saying this and this reporter is contradicting that. And this was the plan and this wasn't the plan. They had to switch. And I think I like the fact that everybody's talking about it. Everybody's engaged. This The social media views have never been better. Sure. It, it's getting the wrestling world excited again. And I did like Triple H's speech last night um, at the beginning of the press conference, basically saying Vince is dead. I don't know if anyone picked that up or not, but basically like the old regime is gone. I, you know, looking to the future kind of thing, which is what he should have done, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into that whole thing. Like who who's going to be on the chopping block? Who's not because of the fallout events. But I just really like how everyone's got an opinion and everybody's opinion contradicts and change from, changes from day to day. The rock obviously is maybe turning heel. Cause he called the Cody Crybabies. He went on Pat McAfee show, did his whole spiel about the Cody Crybabies and stuff. And, what I really enjoyed about the press conference last night is what a professional rock is. I mean, he was, you could tell he was absorbing what the crowd was doing and then almost pivoting a little bit from maybe what he was already thinking he was going to say or do. He was really, it felt reactive to me and everybody was letting things breathe and have its own life. And I, I just thought it was masterfully uh, executed. The skirmish at the end with people saying, you're on the board, Rock. You don't, you have no business being here. All this other kind of stuff. These little nuances of what they were saying off camera was really good and really sold the whole segment for me. I'm personally extremely excited about WrestleMania. I, I agree with you about the fact that this is just, regardless of what actually happens you, you want people to talk about this you want there to be i mean it's just so few and far between where you're sort of like mystified where something's going you know they're like we talked about that even before punk got injured i mean going into this wrestlemania season you had so many options in terms of big matches big matchups that have never happened or haven't happened in a decade or more you know because of punk but uh you know there's just there's just so much, so many things that could, who was going to shoehorn into those two main events based on all the people they had coming back with the Randy Orton's and the punks and the rocks and all, you know, all the regular guys that are there. So uh, I think it's cool that they have this, uh, you know, I, I didn't think I would ever see a time where you would have this many options again with like big names that have been yeah. built up for years, not just, you know, not just getting someone heated up for the WrestleMania season, you know, like an LA night type of guy you have, you have guys that have decades of like work here, you know? So, um, rock is one of the best of all time for the reason of that you're talking about. He, he reads the crowd. Now he knows it so well. He, he's from that generation that had to grow up and like work that way instead of being sort of, you know, told what to do all the time. So, um, and that makes him incredibly versatile, which I wish they would, you know, continue to make people more that way, but because everything is so just, just under a microscope. Now you just, they just don't do that. But, um, I am looking forward to, I, I like your idea of Roman rock, Seth Cody, and then going Cody Roman. 
Um, I think it's sort of weird. Obviously, Rock slapped Cody. Rock and Roman at this point seem like a unified front. So it's sort of like, you know, that's sort of in part of me. It's like, do I really want to see Rock Roman? You know, because they're sort of like, right. sort of like it's sort of friend versus friend or family versus family, not in a Bret Hart, Owen Hart kind of way, but in a, yeah. you know, let's just see who's best big guy, you know, whatever, <laughs> right. uh, which isn't necessarily a match I care about. I, I would think it would be sort of fun to have like, you know, day one Cody rock. And then, you know, however you get on the other side of whether it's Seth and Roman, and then you go Roman Cody out of that. But uh, that's, a, um, but I you know that to pause you real quick, that's not a bad idea because you have drew McIntyre in the mix in the background of Seth. So yeah, what man. if they did do rock Roman? See, he was the head of the table winner night two faces Cody. So have maybe Roman pull double duty. And then in the background, you have Seth versus Drew McIntyre, you know, and all the other undercard stuff. I mean, that might be a really good way to go, honestly. And then have some sort of like the Usos or one of the Uso that's with Roman gets involved, screws Rock. Rock does a quick face turn next night, helps Cody finish the dream or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I thought about that. Are they going to do something like that where Rock, you know, they have Rock Roman and Rock. Uh, they're both heels going into it. And then he turns yeah. baby at the end. That could happen, but that it seems could. like a quick. Seems like a pretty quick turn for a guy that is so deeply in love with his heritage. So, like, I don't know. That, yeah. that that's almost too convenient for the moment. But but it could happen. I mean, and if it happened, everyone that night would think it was awesome. So you know, that's that's you know, and how how many times do you have the Rock? I would just that the whole thing like double duty thing where it's like basically based on day one goes to day two. As a person that was on the creative team, just the only thing you're worried about is an injury. You know, yeah. it's just like you don't want yeah. to see him punk thing happening here where it's like, oh my God, we were going to put it on Cody, but he just broke his arm last night at some weird spot. So uh, that's just the scary part of that. But, um, but think, uh, think about and understanding where you're coming from in that. Think about the Rock Roman match. Rock, there, the, the, it's going to be 10 minutes of intros, first of all. They're not bell to bell. It's not going to go longer than 10 because I don't care what kind of shape rocks in. He's not in wrestling shape. He's not in like long drawn out match shape. It's going to be a lot of Gaga, a lot of, I don't need that to be in a 45 yeah, minute yeah, match. Yeah. yeah we right. don't, we don't want a 20 minute marathon between the two of them, you know? And like, and there was a little cool piece last night where he put up the, the, the Samoan family tree up on the screen and Rock is like, if you don't respect this and if you don't like it, then that's too bad because that's what you're getting. Like, this is the dynasty of professional wrestling. And I, I really like that little nuance. But one little thing I never noticed, I don't know if you know who Gary Albright is, but Gary Albright is a part of that Samoan tree because I guess he married one of the Anawai. I, I know ladies. Gary Albright, but yeah, I wouldn't have thought. I did not know. I he was, was just like, I was like staring at it. I was like. Gary Albright's in the Samoan <laughs> dynasty. I was like, what the hell? I don't, but, by marriage, I don't know if that yeah, counts. But. Yeah, but they put him up there. So it was kind, it was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's so many moving pieces. Some of it, and again, it's not perfect. Some of it hasn't made sense. They've had to make adjustments because of you know the injuries to CM Punk, because I can pretty much guarantee it was going to be Punk versus uh, uh, Punk versus Seth yes. at WrestleMania. And then the other stuff was going to happen as, as uh -huh. it's happening. Um, you know, with the remo removal of uh, Brock Lesnar. I mean, I would love to see like Gunther have some sort of elevated spot. I would love to see Gunther and Rollins, honestly. So there's a lot of potentiality here, but I think it's going to be Drew. I really like what Drew's doing right now with his whole like, 
hating on CM Punk thing. And he had that shirt and yeah. he was telling Co everyone's telling Cody to finish his story. And he's like, let me take care of Rollins. So there's some really interesting, intriguing things going in. Um, did you watch any of the Royal Rumble? I don't uh, We I think we I just saw, I saw the clips of it all. And I, obviously it was funny because when I was, when my friends were watching it, they're like, man, Punk is blown up. But it turns out he just tore his tricep. So he was, I mean, he might've been blown up obviously just from not having too many matches in the last year or two now, but, uh, but he had been in NXT training, but after seeing that, man, it just, what a downer, man. I, yeah. I mean, it's just going to always be just sort of a downer Royal Rumble because of Punk's entrance becomes another tricep injury, which it's just horrible timing for him, for the company, for just the moment that he was going to probably have in mania. And I don't know, like I really, as a, as someone who hated the way it all went down in AEW, obviously with Punk and uh, the crybabies on the other side, I just wanted this to like, come to a complete fruition this year but hopefully he sticks around and they stick with him and he can do it next year we'll see it seems like it i mean he was getting super emotional talking about like the locker room and um you know his his when he told cody to finish the story being backstage and you know there's i mean there's just been a lot of like these really I don't know, kind of candid moments with Punk that make you give give you a little bit of a different picture of him, which is great. Whether by design or not, it's not really my my call, but it's 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 good to see that it seems like he feels like he's at home there again. So yeah, it, no, it seems great, and I'm glad that him and Triple H are together. But we've seen Triple H men fences with other people you never thought yeah. would come back before. We bring this up all the time, yeah. but. Let me ask you a question. Let's say Cody sure. goes on to win the title at Mania and he stops yeah. Roman and does all this stuff. What do you feel like? Six what are months. your opinions on Cody Rhodes? Six months. Six months. Six months. I I, 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 I love Cody. I love is, Cody. I agree. The it's the it's the chase that's interesting. I don't think Cody as the champion for a long time after he's not a Stone Cold type. He's not obviously he's not really a Hogan type. He's he's um. <laughs> I hate to say this because he's super over, but I've always thought this about Cody and I know he's elevated himself, but I've always just thought he was sort of in that B level category yeah, for me. Me too. Uh, I feel like he's sort of like in that edge Jericho level where yeah. it's like, um, and there's nothing wrong with being in that. Okay. No, Cause he's super over and people like him and he is, he is like, you know, he's done a lot of stuff in his, own. I, I give him a ton of credit to going over to starting a new company and then coming back. And like, you know, he realized that he had to go new, grow, you know, learn a new hold, come back, make right. yourself even more valuable. He has done all that. Um, I, I know he doesn't want to be an exact replica of his dad, but in part, in ways you sort of wish that he was to an extent of like, he's sort of like a, he's sort of got that. I don't know that he, he's not an elitist, but he's got, he's got that, you know, the, the way he's always dressed and the way he always carries himself and the way he likes to use big words and the way he likes to, he's sort of a guy that would be really easy to turn heel, which yeah, is oh, good, absolutely. which is good for him. And maybe that's what would happen after this big baby face push and winning the championship. Maybe, maybe he'll, he's very easy to turn heel. And I, I don't know if there's a, I, I don't know how much money's in him to keep him baby face for 10 years. Like he's, I don't call him a Cena either. Cause he's not really, what I would consider a man of the people as far as his character is concerned. So I, I was just curious because he's, I, get, I he's, he's getting to Cena esque levels. This is the first, you have to think about it. It's the first white meat baby face, true white meat baby face they've had since Cena. Like, and they're trying to elevate him to Hogan esque levels, but we are in a different time frame now. I've, I agree. Wrestling, Cody is missing an ingredient. I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I'm not a, I'm not a booker, uh, you know. <laughs> formerly a booker 
but there's I something don't... with him. I feel like he's more he's stagey. He's a little stagey. Sure. You know, like I, I think he he comes across as someone that, and I think this is a shoot that's taken acting lessons. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. Yeah. I, I just mean that it just doesn't come across as someone like a punk or a stone cold or gosh, even there's rock, an to a authenticity to it. Yes, they, yeah. they have that like this dude, I, I could just see him walking off the street and being this way. And right. and Cody, uh, just from his background and everything we know about him, he just he he seems like a great dude by all accounts off off the screen, you know, and everything. There's nothing wrong with him. I just there I agree. He just is at he's at a secondary level. And I think he is a great person if they wanted to have someone beat Roman. He's a great person to do that. Cause I I can't sit here and tell you someone would have been better at this point in terms yeah. of age and stature, but yeah. You know, I just, I, it's sort of like uh, passing the baton from like Austin to Jericho. I just, it's just, it's a step, a little step down. Yeah. And I think that, and that's okay. And I, like I said, six months, he'll be a great transitional champion. And if they go longer, I can see him holding it maybe up to like a year, maybe. I doubt it highly because again, they have to, the excitement is in the chase. He's going to get it. It's like the Brian, Dan, uh, Dan, Brian, Dan, Brian Downson thing. He's going to get the uh -huh. belt. It's going to be great. There's going to be huge confetti dropping from the ceiling. He finishes a story. La -de 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 -de. And then I think, honestly, he'll have he'll always be in the main event picture, mix, so to speak, like Seth Rollins. He'll dip in and out. He'll come into the Bs, go up into the A category, uh -huh. come back into the Bs. He'll have some United States runs. He'll have some world title runs. And he'll just kind of constantly do this. And that's fine. There's room. You can't be a mega star. There, he's not a once-in-a-lifetime mega star. I just don't see it. Now, on the flip side of that coin, I, I mean, it's kind of an interesting comparison, but when I see Megastar written all over somebody, I see people, honestly, like Damian Priest, I think has the potential to be a Megastar, um, Megastar heel. I see Rhea Ripley as being the future of women's professional wrestling. Like, when I see her on the screen, I'm like, that's a star. She, The way she carries herself, the way she sure. works. She's a star of the Charlotte Flair category, right? But I can't say there's a lot of men that are like, I have to watch that guy. Punk is one of those guys, and he's always been one of those guys. Even when he was on the indies, you wanted to hear what Punk was going to say because it was always blurring the lines, but it always seemed authentic. It always seemed real. Maybe that. Maybe we hit the nail on the head. That's what Cody's missing is that authenticity. You know, Dusty had it. Dusty was like the blue collar working man and everybody could identify with Dusty Rhodes. You know what I mean? He was out of shape, yeah. kind of not great yeah. looking. Kind of. Well, you know, you got titties, you know, you got titties. He's got, but, he's, he's like, everyone loved him because he looked like them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you, and it looked like you could go have a beer with Dusty. You could go fight side by side with him. But like you said, there's that thing about Cody where it's like, I don't know. You seem great, but you're not me. You know, you're not like me, you know, and and we're out of the era of Hogan where Hogan was a superhero, right? That was the era of superheroes. Sure. So it's like people don't wanted to, I don't identify with Hogan. They looked up to him, wanted to be like him or wanted their kids to be like him. We're kind of in a different era now, but it's also different. Cody's not big. Like Hogan, like, right. uh, Hogan was a huge dude in a man. Hogan was a six foot, you know, six, 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 seven, legitimately like d just ripped, jacked, tanned. Yeah dude like um you just didn't see all the like chicken him walking down here. the street i mean yeah and then cody is not that cody's a you know average size guy in incredible like ripped shape yeah but uh you know he just doesn't uh he just 
I don't know, man. I, I come from an obviously we come from a different era of where uh, the top stars were uh, look like superheroes and they look like people that you hadn't you didn't really see. So you went from the 80s era of, you know, steroids, whatever you want to call it, where they're just like, oh, my gosh, they're so huge. Everyone, whether steroids or not, you had big boss, man, you had Akeem, you had people that were like, yeah. these are huge yeah. dudes. I don't care if they're fat or skinny or not boss man was fatter. so big yeah he those was guys so were good oh so big could bump so well he oh was my so god good at that and then but then you went to the Incredible. attitude era where uh austin is six two and he's in really good shape but he's not like the over the top hogan right. size look you know right. so right. and he had more of a realistic attitude and i know it's all evolved and all that stuff but cody cody to me is like a jericho or edge they're they're very good he's very good and like i think yeah. he's perfect in this role he has his lineage even more than those guys he has a lineage and in, in wrestling that he's paying off now and and uh i, th I think it's cool I, there's so many things you could do with his family i don't i mean not that i want dustin Rhodes to come over for like an extended amount but of course you wish that some yeah. of the stuff they had done in aew they could have i mean think how much dustin Rhodes would have been cool to be in this angle with the family oh right? my I mean, god dude, it would have been so cool money. to be able for that to happen but that's not, obviously not going to happen anytime soon just I don't keep think, brandy but... out of it just keep brandy <laughs> brandy i don't think it. should ever be involved in a baby face run with no, cody no, no. but she's um, a heat seeker and whether she's good or not she's a heat seeker yeah, I was gonna say you could try to have her be like the the Miss Elizabeth thing, where she you get some sympathy because you know someone does something horrible to her, which, frankly, they don't really do that in wrestling anymore no. because of you know society. But uh, I think that um, even that she's 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 a very good looking gal, and I she's <laughs> I I don't know how much sympathy she can get, no. you know. So, but I don't know, man. I I think uh, going back to the overall picture though. It's great for wrestling how well this has been played out with the legacy angle, even through all the turbulence that's happened with the punk injury, the Vince McMahon stuff, all the stuff that's happened throughout the years of this going on. And, um, you know, I think it's I think it's awesome. This is the most uh, I, I cannot think of the, the a bigger build up to WrestleMania as far as what's going to happen and the people involved and like what kind of great payoff can because you, you've had this run with Reigns for so many years. I mean, this is going on. You know, this is the level of like Hogan dropping the belt for the first time, or you know, there's there's some big stuff here that hasn't happened in years. Yeah, I, I it's funny you mentioned that the the when when I was watching this press conference, I was like, you know what, it harkens back to the Bam Bam Bigelow Lawrence Taylor. Uh, uh, was that in Madison uh, Central? That was Park? eleven. But was that in Central Park where they did the whole workout thing? Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it, like it had that kind of feel Tyson type of feel to it, where it was like the things just felt big. Things feel big right now, which is really awesome. Um, speaking of big, there's some news. Yeah. 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 There's some, uh, my former boss, my first, your former boss, Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He used, not, he was, he was technically my, ah, he's like my third boss i guess in, in my professional career i had and they were all mcmahon's it went from shane to stephanie to vince sort of stephanie and vince are sort of at the same time but yeah shane then to stephanie and vince so going into the wrestlemania season could they have a bigger black eye than they do now probably not which is why we talked about them doing this damage control so vince mcmahon your former boss has been um or is being investigated for numerous crimes against the opposite sex for his uh, his uh, Janelle Grant is the name of his newest accuser, who has apparently paid some 
uh, was a part of the NDA disclosure or the non-disclosure agreements that he had signed with multiple women, totaling over $22 million, I believe is the is the correct fact, and paid this woman apparently $1 million, then stopped payment. Once the payment was stopped, Janelle Grant comes forward with these accusations and allegations that are numerous and, quite frankly, disgusting on paper. Now, sure. We do not know, obviously, Vince McMahon has denied his um, involvement in such a egregious allegations. I don't think he's denying he probably had an affair with this woman, but he is denying that her uh, that she's basically, basically sensationalizing um, everything that happened between the two of them. In between, numerous wrestlers, uh, uh, you know, people around the wrestling business, this is, sounds like Vince, this doesn't sound like Vince. She was... Um, a willing participant in these alley in in the in this kind of uh lewd, extraordinarily lewd. I mean, everyone knows we don't have to go into details. Extraordinary lewd affair, and then some people are saying that this woman was groomed and sex trafficked across. Uh, I'm just going over the charges so we can lay it out. Sure. Um, John Laurinaitis has now jumped in. He was one of the accused in this as one of the people that uh Vince McMahon, for lack of a better term, pimped out this woman to John Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis has since come forward and said that he too is a victim of the Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, power trip, if you will, that he was too coerced into doing these things because of the status and stature of Vince McMahon. He has also come forward and said that Ashley Massaro, who uh, has taken her, who took her own life a few years ago, um, was reportedly raped or sexually assaulted on a, uh, a tour of Afghanistan or Iraq by somebody in the army and to not hurt their relationship with the um, United States army or whatever branch they were uh, uh, servicing at that time. Um, apparently some higher ups knew about it and hit it. So there's the, 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 the things that we kind of know, obviously there's more to it. Um, I don't think we should go into whether um, Vince, unless you want to, um, whether Vince did everything that she is reporting or not. Um, I think what's important is the backlash that has happened since then. And in your opinion, Chris, because you worked with Vince McMahon, it's a pretty simple, straightforward question. Does this sound like it could be in the wheelhouse of Vince McMahon to do? Do I think, well, that's, that's just a hard question to answer yes or no to, because there's just okay. so many factors to it. There's so many facets of this, so many layers. Like, do I think Vince is into, do I, does it shock me that Vince is into some weird, like kinky side sex with like <laughs> women he works with or gives job to? No, no. I, I mean, that, I think he's been, I mean, people look at Vince as uh sort of like Trump's brother, you know, and they have a very similar trajectory and a lot of things that are similarities between the two of them. So, uh, both with great hair. No, but I think that they, uh, they're just, you know, Vince is a, he's always been a weird guy, you know, like I, I, as I've told you before, um, there were moments where I've seen the interaction with Vince and his family. And I just thought it was, uh, it, there weren't the way that I had moments with my family. So, uh, and would I you care? Would, I'm not, uh, would you care to elaborate on any of those instances? Well, or rather not? you know, it's just, I just saw, um, Vince was like very proud. Like, so one day we were in the writer's room 
And um, Stephanie was on Howard Stern, and she had been dating Triple H at this point. It had been out in the open. It was storyline, but also real. And so Howard Stern, being Howard Stern, was asking uh, all these sexual questions. Back to when he Stephanie. was great. And uh, he asked Stephanie if she had ever tried anal, which, of course, if you've listened to Howard Stern, that is a Typical fun topic that he likes to bring up all the time. And Stephanie said she hadn't, but she was doing that with with Paul, Triple H at the time. And she was very into it and all this stuff. And uh, Vince was like elated and laughing his ass off and clapping his hands like, ha, 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 it's my girl type of reaction to that when we're listening to it. And, uh, you know, the people in the room, I, I'm just like a 24 year old guy. And I just it just seemed weird, you know, because that is not probably how I would think my dad would exist. You know, if, if I had a sister and that was going on. Uh, Shane was incredibly embarrassed and angered by this. And, um, and so she came back to work and then we were still working with Vince and he like got up and congratulated and told her how well she did. And then they would always sort of like kiss on the mouth, uh, when they sort of embraced. And I just, I, it's just sort of like, uh, I know some people do that. They consider it to be normal, whatever. It's not, it's not normal in my life. So it just sort of seemed weird to me. Um, I think Vince is like a, um, gosh, you hear other people talk about Vince's sort of proclivities in the past. Like he's just sort of, he's, I don't, no, no one ever painted him as a big serial rapist, but he would be, I guess he was just sort of, a. he's got that alpha male thing, you know, he's just, just got that real, um, uh, controlling type thing, which is one reason why I never thought he'd ever sell his company or ever let anybody else be involved in it outside of making a ton more money. I, that was like the two things coming head to head when all this TKO happened. And obviously he had other things following him too, but it was sort of like, what's going to win out? The fact that he can get $9 billion or the fact that he's losing control of his company? Because I, uh, either one is a huge thing to Vince McMahon. But I just think uh, Vince is one of those dudes that uh, has done a lot of stuff in the past that has been bad uh, in one form or fashion, whether he was involved directly or indirectly. And so anything that comes out now is going to be obviously guilty until proven innocent with Vince. Um, and so... You know, when I saw the initial stuff on him and everyone was just going crazy about all the allegations coming out as far as like uh, just the, you know, the stuff, the the pooping on her head and the 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 text messages that were over the top. You know, I, I just think there was some like if you want to look at it from both sides, uh, both sides can be picked apart to death. I think like I, I don't I don't know. Like, of course, the easiest answer is why did he stop paying her? You know, like what is, is two? he was supposed to pay her 3 million and supposedly only paid her a million. Why did you not keep paying? Was there a reason? Was he just, was he just that damn arrogant that he wasn't going to pay her another damn dime? Or was it her saying, I want $10 million more. Or I'm going to come out, you know, or something who knows? I mean, I don't know what's going on with this. No, neither is anybody else out in the public. So, um, it's sort of hard to sort of see where this all stemmed from, you know? I mean, I I made the mention to you like when we were seeing these in, in, uh, extremely graphic text messages that he's sending, written like a two year old, but you know maybe written by your seventy five year old grandfather on his phone. I mean that's what people do with letters for words and all this stuff. S misspelling. I, I thought misspelling pussy was sort of weird, but anyway, he uh, <laughs> he ended up uh, he has these like incredible like long texts and. Uh, my my first thought is like, where's her response and where's her text before and after this? Because 
Like, is this just like two people sexting each other and they're like, and hers, she's over there like just as big into it as he is because all I saw was his. And, you know, there's a lot of like things like that that don't really add up to me. Um, do I think Vince is capable of doing that stuff? I mean, you know, based on some of the stuff that he's been, the charges have been brought up in, in the past, it's sort of in the wheelhouse to a degree. But I also know that the Vince that I was around wasn't doing that kind of stuff because he was under a more of a microscope. Maybe that's cha- that obviously has changed since I was there 20 years ago. You know, I mean, he, he's more insulated now than he ever was. I mean, I, I was at a point where, you know, Seth and I, we, we were pitching directly to Vince in a, in a room with seven people, you know, including us. So it's like we had access to Vince like that. But since then Vince has been insulated more. It's like you're pitching to Stephanie and Stephanie would run notes to Vince and he would okay it and then come back with, you know, his response or whatever, but there wasn't any FaceTime. And so, you know, has he, I mean, I've heard Cornette and others like, does he have CTE? Does he have, is, is this a product of doing HGH and steroids or whatever else you want to call it? Like for years and decades, like, does this make you go crazy like this? Does he have so much testosterone? He can't hold it in. You know, I have no idea. I don't know any of that answer. I really, he did come out and say that he wanted to defend himself. And these were uh, categorically denied everything and said that these were uh, alternate truths and stuff like that. And I'm really curious to see how he's going to defend it. If he will, because, and you know, just the legal th- side of it, just because of m- my wife being in the legal world and sort of understanding it's like, is TKO on the line for this? Like, is uh, that sort of, th- th- this is a big, the scandal like this is interesting, right? Because does TKO know about this at all when they're buying the company? If they did, did they have to pay for Vince's past sins because they have now acquired this company? Uh, it wasn't like uh, it was sort of a started lawsuit, but then it went into an NDA world. And so when they bought it, it was still in the NDA. And then she came out after they bought it. So does TKO want to hush this up by paying her a bunch of money? Maybe that happens. But personally, will Vince be like, well, screw it. I'm going to take her to court. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm waiting for more people to come out. Apparently, Janelle Grant's attorney says they've had more and more people come out about this toward to her after uh, you know the floodgate is broken open. Um, you know, Vince relatively in the world of the Me Too movement got somewhat unscathed in that. You know, he, I mean, he I, I don't want to say he did get some just like everybody was in, in position of his back in that time, but um, he didn't really get canceled necessarily uh like a lot of other people did at his level so um i would have thought they would have come out by now and uh i don't know there's there's so many things to pick apart about this but i guess at the end of the day it's he said she said and unfortunately for vince and fortunately for janelle vince's track record just as a person either covering up crimes or a person that has possibly been involved in some stuff uh doesn't look good would you say, I'm going to ask you two questions, you know, one of which I don't think I've ever asked you before. Um, but the first question is in, because I think your, your, your perspective is especially important above, obviously a lot of the talking heads out in the professional wrestling world, because you actually worked directly and sometimes indirectly with Vince McMahon. Was there scuttlebutt? The first question is, was there scuttlebutt or any kind of hush hush back in the day uh, not of Vince's crazy uh, like sex capades, but did people kind of know that Vince and Linda was a uh, kind of a uh, like that Vince was out there enjoying his fifties, sixties, or whatever he was at the time, and everyone kind of knew that he was up to some shenanigans with some ladies, but nobody really talked about it. You know that sort of came out 
after I like, so when I was there and so basically let's say like 96, 97 through Oh three, like Vince and Linda were still both at the office. Okay. This is pre, yeah. you know, so I predate a lot of this stuff that have happened since I predate Linda going into her, uh, you know, her political career, was you know, spending, was she running for governor? I think she was running for Senator Senate, of Connecticut. Yeah. I believe yeah, that's right. Um, she was running against Lieberman in Connecticut at one yeah. point. I remember yeah. that. So anyway, like she was, so there were $50 million. Like, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm watching the, um, I'm rewatching the Sopranos again. Cause I just love that show. And it just reminds me so much of like, you know, Carmela and Tony or like, you know, or, or I bring up a lot, Bill and Hillary Clinton, just how their lives were, you know, it's sort of, everyone knows they're cheating, but we're going to stay together because we don't want to like half everything, but I'm going to live over here and you will be giving me a hundred million dollars to run for Senate of Connecticut. You know, that's, that's what I always took at that, but that was after I was there. So when I was working at Titan tower, Linda was there, like you would see her on a daily basis. And she was a very nice woman. Um, you know, I always thought Shane was, uh, not a mama's boy in the sense of being a weakling or anything, but a mama's boy. And so he loved his mom, you know, and he was like, very, I found, I found Stephanie to be Vince and Shane to be Linda. You know, that's just how they were. Uh, I thought, um, Shane was like way too nice of a guy and too good of a dude to take over that company one day. And, it, and, and Stephanie had the shrewdness and sort of the, killer business acumen that her dad did uh so or she at least wanted to try to acquire that or be sort of ruthless more than shane so i just it was pretty obvious when we were there that was the direction it was probably going to go which after i left and shane left the first time i was like well i guess obviously triple h and stephanie found out that they were going to win the sweepstakes and taking over the company so shane decided to go start his own business stuff but maybe it had something to do with this you know i mean shane leaving of course has been so many stories stemming out of all these things with, with vince mcmahon shane leaving the first time could have easily been he's just sick and tired of vince having you know, affairs with people that work in or out of the building and making his mom look stupid. You know I mean? Like, I think we could all think that about our own parents. If your dad or mom is cheating on your significant, you know, the other spouse, um, it would piss you off and like make you, you know, you probably wouldn't want to be around them, you know? So uh, maybe it was just as simple as that. I have no idea. You know, of course, a lot of things are being tied to that. Like Shane knew, Shane knew this was going on. That's why he wanted out. Like, I don't know if Shane knew there was, raping going on in the office you know his personal office gym or whatever i think that it was just probably embarrassing that vince was probably you know philandering around the office or just anyone in general and there's this there's this mom like having to deal with it but you know uh i don't know like i did not see that i didn't it wasn't necessarily fully known in 1997 8 9 2000 that uh oh vince is just linda goes home to her house because i would still have to like drop up stuff at their at, at their like greenwich uh mansion every once in a while for pick up drop off something there and they all live there still at that time now you hear that vince has a penthouse in these you know these apartments down the street and like it's a completely different i think they just have completely different lives at this point they just don't get divorced um or maybe they have and we just don't know yeah i guess we wouldn't really know technically yeah. if they if they did but um, no, I, it wasn't, it wasn't like what people are seeing today. No. And there wasn't, you know, there wasn't the like wink, wink, nod, nod, like Vince is busy right now. And like that no, kind of stuff, no. nothing. Cause he, it, cause if anything, he was a, he was a workhorse, right? Like, I mean, he was always, always wanting to talk about, write about, do whatever it is to expand WWE in, in a, in a direction, whether positively or negatively, he was just 
you know, we heard the stories about him never sleeping and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which you've clarified on this show that that's actually the case. Like, I mean, no, I, I've told you, like, you can't, you could not work, you could not, uh, even at like 24 years old, I could not outwork Vince McMahon because he yeah. was going, you know, like, it sucks to have a job when you're young and you're like, you're in your years where you're like, I'll work 20 hours a day, you know, because you're thinking loyalty when you're young and naive. You think loyalty and like hard work like that. Plus, you don't have any, you know, parent, you don't have a wife and kids that have to worry about. So you work a lot more at, at your job. And so, uh, but even that was not enough to eclipse what he would do on. So maybe at the time it could have easily been just like all the baseball players you hear about or wrestlers, Vince could have had a girlfriend every town he went to. So maybe every night when he left raw, he would have a, a, a tryst with someone uh, on the road. Uh, maybe or that's Trish or maybe, no, I didn't know that wasn't happening when I was there. Anyway, I don't that was know. Jericho, but, right? what? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that there was he was on the road constantly then, and he was like working on. We would have tons of writers meetings. He'd be on the road for every television, and he would uh, be on conference calls with us. And then, not to mention, like when Seth and I would again when we we're young and stupid and have no time, we had time to do anything we want. We'd go into the gym at like midnight or something stupid, which is at the Titan Tower Gym, which was at this full awesome gym that he had on one of the floors there. And like, he'd be in there working out with this personal trainer and we got to know him pretty well then because it'd be like the four or five of us in there, you know, and it's, you get to know him decent. I mean, as much as you're going to know him for like a little kid, technically, you know, 24 year old talking to right. a 52 year old Vince or whatever, but, um, you know, you got more FaceTime with them that way, but you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the opportunity as much as he probably did in his later years mm. when mm. there's just so much more, uh, of a, you know, machine of its conglomeration, hugeness type, you know, do you think if Vince is proven because we are, whether folks, whether you're listening to this or not, or agree or disagree, we are living in a culture and a time in our lives that it is mostly you are guilty until proven innocent. If Vince, for some reason is exonerated, from at least the Janelle Grant stuff, is there a possibility of Vince's name? Because they're trying to, you know, basically erase Vince from history of WWE, which is extraordinarily hard to do because he was the driving force. Is there a chance for Vince McMahon to have a redemption arc before he sails into uh, the afterlife, so to speak? Is there? Is it? Will people forgive him if he is exonerated? No, he he's just not an empathetic figure. I mean, it's yeah. very much like I say, like Trump. Trump is. Trump and Vince both have just such an arrogant attitude and like yeah. such a domineering force that most people don't deal with well anyway. So it went so, you know, when someone like that has a crack and people just keep chipping away at it because it's not, I mean, even if Vince gets, even if this Janelle Grant stuff isn't what it is, you know, I mean, yeah, and, and believe me, regardless of what people think about, you know, this is all Vince is a horrible rapist piece of crap. You should go to jail right now. Uh, there's people right now that could pick apart everything that Janelle Grant said in her in her filing that had to been you know like let's face it when you put out that filing the way they did and throw out the most cr the craziest stuff you're going out with a haymaker you're going out with your biggest stuff and that's what they did and it worked because I mean a lot of people just went crazy about those texts and like some of the you know I mean man this was in USA Today it was on all the Washington Post oh, yeah. and all the big things yeah and so and it was so, so over the top sexual blah 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 so it makes him look horrible out the gate but like there's a lot of questions 
questions surrounding everything involving in this that don't really make a lot of sense. Why did she wait so long? Did she, why did she stop till after the money was done pay, getting paid that when she decided to go, you know, public about a crime, so to say like a rape, which is obviously horrible. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are going to maybe be played out in court. I mean, Vince has nothing to lose. I don't think he's worried about his children hearing about it. So, uh, I, I yeah, don't know he, if it'll go that yeah. far or not. Yeah. I don't know if he'll go that far or not. He has no concern, obviously, with the way this affects people, because the I think the reality of this situation is no matter which way you look at it, Vince is you have to look at the cold, hard facts. Vince says it did pay twenty two million dollars to several uh, several women. About but that a- could have easily been like I've told people that could have easily been. I just don't want this to be out in public. I've embarrassed my family enough in the company. I, I want to keep this on the wrap. But that's what that's what I, that's what I was about to say, Chris. Yeah. I'm saying like he's paid money to have affairs of some sort, right? Of some which way. seems weird to me. I mean, it's just but, weird to be able to. That's a controlling thing, I guess. You want to go into the thing, like it's the same thing, like when we talked about Deshaun Watson going to the masseuses, and he was in trouble for like having all these masseuses come out. You know, the massage. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It was yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, he'd show up and he would just be like, they would say that he's lying on his back with like a baby washcloth on his genitals. And he'd just be like, Hey, I'm ready. And they were like, and it's just like, if you're that into that stuff, why don't you, you're millionaire, like billionaire pay for it somewhere. Why are you doing this? But maybe it's the control factor, you know? But what, what I'm saying is he's paid, he's, he's had affairs. We know that we know he has a sexual appetite, that is well-documented. And what I told you off air, and what I'll tell you right now is it's a shame that his legacy will be marred by his sexual appetites, whether right, wrong, or in between he's it's like that. And that's the power of the, the, the sex, right? I mean, it's, it can really, if you let it take hold, it can really truly ruin your life. And it may have in fact, whether again, consensual, non-consensual sex trafficking, all that kind of stuff aside, he is now going to be forever remembered by his adultery and his his illicit affairs because more and more people will come out. There'll be, you know, egregious, more egregious allegations. This isn't the end of it. Um, but it's just kind of sad because Vince changed professional wrestling. He really did. And he should, you know, instead of being respected and admired as a pioneer pro wrestling, he will now forever be a rapist and a, a, a harmful person. And that and that sucks. That sucks because he contributed a lot. He did. And a lot of things have changed though, Gabe, a lot, you know what things are going to get brought up now. When I, when I say stuff sort of like, you got to sort of go case by case here, then things get brought up from the past. Like, did he really, did he really pay off Jimmy Superfly Snooker's (laughs) cops to like not get murdered? Cause it basically looks like Jimmy Snooker was a murderer at this point, allegedly based on everything you see. And then did he really, uh, what about the Mel Phillips scandal with the, uh, ring boys and all that, that got covered up, you know, all this stuff comes back out to, paint a picture of a guy that let's face it when i was working there he's a special breed of person i'm not saying that in a good way it's a good way in terms of like a business because the dude just worked his ass off and was had like such a chip on his shoulder to outdo his father to do everything better than everybody else ever had and just driven to like an unhealthy point to where i don't necessarily know why he ever really figured he had to have a family and wife because he was just driven so much by that and maybe at the time it was keeping up appearances but you know he's 
you, it's it doesn't shock me. I'm not talking about this sexual stuff. It doesn't shock me that it came crumbling down because I knew 20 years ago when this all ends, it's not going to end well in some way because he is not going to ever want to like hand over the reins to this because he is such the guy that started it. He loves being the guy in charge of it. And I can't, you know, he would have had to, if, in, if nothing else happened, he would have been the guy dying. He would just have to have a heart attack, like in gorilla position before he leave, you know? And so the way this ended up playing out, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel bad for him, like going down legacy wise. Cause I think he, what makes him a, a tremendous person in business is the same thing that makes a lot of tremendous entertainers and other huge business guys are they don't give a crap what anyone thinks about them. They're pretty heartless. They will like business over anything and they could really give a shit about, you know, uh, their legacy or image as far as uh, what you or I think, you know, it's just basically, you know, that's what makes them great. Cause like, they don't have like human feelings to a degree. Right. So I'm right. like, I don't think they're horrible. Like, you know, I, I don't want to sit there and say that everyone that has human feelings, Feelings are better because it depends. Define better, you know. Some people would say Vince McMahon had a great life, lived in a mansion, had trillions of dollars. And, you know, he's he's going to die like at the end of his life here. He's going to die like with a lot of accusations about him, but had a pretty good run here for a while, you know, as opposed to someone that doesn't. But um, you know, I it's not. I, I would never want Vince McMahon's life even before all this sexual stuff. I'm not saying. I even before that, I would never want his life over mine just based on just the exhaustion it would take to do what he did on a daily basis yeah it's uh it's all messy it's all graphic and it's all you know a big black eye on the on this on the business that we love not as much of a big as a of a black eye as when you ran nwl into the ground yeah no yeah, i was that was uh i just talked i was talking i was sex with major the other day but i didn't bring that up but um and you guys were yeah, laughing no, about it no no we didn't were you guys really texting yeah i really was. oh nice awesome you want to share that there was a well there was just a uh someone texted they were at tannin wine uh -huh. bar and there was a bottle of my Sauvignon blanc from peculiar winery on the shelf in this bar and so, like, I was shocked to see that. So I messaged him and I brought that up. But um, knowing wow. how hoity-toity that place is, it's a nice place, you know. Yeah, look at Major but, giving uh, you the rub all these years I don't years think later. Major had anything to do with it, but he now knows it's there. So it'll probably be removed immediately. <laughs> probably, but, uh, it will just because you know about it. It will yeah, be yeah. removed. But, uh, no, you know, um, NWL is was uh, it's it was a, a great time, and I'm glad that some people are still hanging on to it. That's right, those those incredible boys that are generating those incredible memes. You guys are so cute. All right, so um, without further ado, Chris, um, I I don't have you seen any of the Young Bucks and their new personas? It's dog shit. Spoiler. Oh, dude, I the the Young Bucks are have so jumped the shark already. They dude, um, it's awful. I, I give the Young Bucks a lot of credit for like doing what they did to get to the point that they are now. Yeah, I, you know you have to give hustlers for it. Hustlers. I mean, hu hustlers, right place, right time, yeah. being in the right companies and sort yeah. of the alternate at the right time when. You know, let's face it, when the Young Bucks were sort of ascending and, and Cody and all, you know, all the guys that were taking part in the TNA, New Japan, like Ring of Honor, all that stuff at the time when Vince and, you know, the WWE was sort of looking a little shaky, weren't really necessarily going in a great direction or anywhere. They were sort of just flatlined at the point. 
Um, dude, they, they, I will give them all the credit in the world for getting their family, getting, get, getting paid, helping Tony get something off the ground. But, uh, I think a lot of people said that this is not, it's a one trick pony. This is not like a long-term thing. Anyone in the business that was a worker that said that they were going to be anything more than that, in my opinion, were just people that wanted a job because I, I don't think you could really look at them see their promos, see the way they carried themselves just a million times over and think that these are going to be the faces of a company that they will stay on top forever. And they, they know exactly what they're doing more than anyone else in the history of wrestling. It just, it just, but you know, I will give them credit. They, they had a really good run till, till I, I I can't believe Sting's last match is going to have them doing the worst work of their lives their promos are atrocious they're supposed to be like snotty like the the snotty they're supposed to be themselves snotty evps who are tired of being disrespected by the old guard or whatever i mean their promos are atrocious they attack darby and sting after their win on dynamite and they bloodied darby who bled a gusher good night that kid cut himself from ear to ear um but like, it's just, I, I can't believe Sting's last match is going to be that. So I don't want to, it's just, it's depressing that Ric Flair is there. There's so many depressing things about AEW. I just don't want to talk about it, but good Lord. What a, what a, what a tangled web we weave. All right, Chris, uh, we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, Chris, let's take a ride in the hot seat. Go ahead and sit in the hot seat, Chris. Yeah, I'm I, here. I'm here. I'm going to fire away some random names or anything like that. And you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say said name. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First name is topical Shane McMahon. Great guy. Didn't really see him being, uh, the next leader of WWE. I thought he was like, uh, my, my favorite boss to work for at that time in my life. Like when I was a young kid, he was just a, could relate big time looking back. Like I'm like Shane's age now. Like, Shane was like basically 30 low thirties when he was my boss. So he was just a great dude. And I have, I've lost contact with him and I miss him because he was my favorite McMahon by far. And, um, I think that it will, time will show that he is probably outside of Linda. Cause you probably won't know much more about Linda, but he will be the McMahon that is probably the most level headed and, and normal of the bunch. Okay. All right. Name number two is bulldog bob brown (laughs) uh uh what some would consider the worst main event heel in any territory in america (laughs) but kansas city people love him to death because he was their guy and uh i love like posting pictures of bulldog bob brown i love going back and watching videos of him like tagging with marty and him being in these like main events against you know like harley or whoever just he just he looks out of place because he's just a short uh stocky dude with the buzz cut uh but he could he could talk uh for for a midwestern guy he could talk a good you know start talk a good yarn there and and get people to hate him viciously even though that you know again he's one of the guys that uh people say that this is the worst territory in the world because bob brown was your your main eventer so um best match in metro pro history Oh, that would be uh, Wyatt Strider uh, blow off for their their big their big thing that I don't think has ever been posted. And I'm one of these days. I mean, Commentary, I'm going to tell brother. you one Commentary. of these days. No, but it was uh, basically 
Strider, we had the power struggle with Strider and Wyatt, and that we just played that up for over a year. We had he would throw everyone at Wyatt, including Christopher Daniels, Rhino, a bunch of other people. And uh that was that was in terms of just like storyline and like giving it their all and Strider being knocked unconscious at the end and talking to me and not remembering any of it. That was the best one. Most violent wrestler. Uh, um, I mean, can't say Hannibal. We all know he's the blood letter or whatever, but anybody other than him, uh, you're talking about just in general, it would have to be God, Onita or, um, good. I didn't expect you to say Onita, I guess, because like Onita is the one that spurned, uh, you know, Foley and Funk to do some crazy shit. So it has to be, I would say Onita is probably the guy that, that built that. And then you got a lot of people have stemmed off from him, but I'm going to blame him. Onita. I for sure thought you were going to say Abby or uh, Bruiser Brody. Nice. Good job. All right. Um, Texas wrestling. Uh, Von Eriks, obviously. There you go. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, you could have said funk. You could have said, you know, no, Von Eriks, but I mean, too much Von Eric talk for me, not to think about them first. (laughs) Okay. Von Eriks. All right. Um, the best tag team of the 1980s outside of demolition. <laughs> uh, thank, thank God for that caveat. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would have to be, um, God. I mean, it's rock and roller midnight. Um, wow. An NWA tag team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause they were, I mean, they, even though I loved the British bulldogs and I loved the heart foundation, I loved all them, but if you really wanted to like tag team specialists at the time that continue to do it today, even some of them, uh, I would say I'm going to go with um, rock and roll express. When you think of technical wrestling, who's the first wrestler that comes to mind? Bret Hart. Okay. Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels by a mile. (laughs) Oh, my brother's enraged right now. I love it. Shawn Michaels, uh, like, Bret Hart is awesome, and he's one of the all-time greats, but Shawn Michaels is, like, arguably the greatest professional wrestler of all time. All right, and final question. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Jeremy White? Um, Should have had a chance at the uh, national level. Um, Great, great uh, worker, still in great shape now, can still go, um, and is, you know, one of the – two or three guys that made that still make uh Midwest wrestling, you know what it is. And he is, he can go with anyone, put him in with anyone. He was uh he was a lock for any Metro pro or NWL show at that matter. If I had him on the main event, it didn't matter what the rest of the card was. Nice. And that'll do it for this week's hot seat. Chris, what is going on at the peculiar winery coming up? Are you having a super bowl party? What's going on? Well, I'm going to go open up in about nine minutes. Okay, so, uh, great, great, I'm great. Do that, and then uh, no, we're just having. Uh, you know what I have tonight, Gabe? And I, I'm sold out because I would have I would have saved you a seat for this, but it's a <laughs> naughty cookie class Valentine's Day cookie class, and um, the girl that's putting it on is not someone that I thought was going to have a naughty cookie class. And I was like, "What are some of the shapes?" And she told me they were like, "Oh, it's like 
Cupid arrows, boxer yeah, shorts, bro. and then she named like four, and then she's like, and then also a penis and an upside down heart will be the boobs. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's hilarious. That if you knew this girl, you would think it was really funny that she had to buy a penis cookie cutter on probably Amazon, so she didn't have to buy it in public. But, um, but yeah, so that's tonight, <laughs> and you and your wife could have come and had like a just a sexy night of making cookies. But um, <laughs> that's what's going on. Night of making cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're going to go see um, our favorite comedian, Nate Bergazzi, at the T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night. So we're excited about that. Um, if you want your real estate needs handled, the market is heating up. Rates are slightly coming down. You can always uh, email me at wrestlingwithrealestate at gmail.com. Or you can go to my website, benmiller.realestate. Or you can text me at area code 661-236-9055. Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. Let's Thanks, try Gabe. to do, let's try to do this again soon for Chris Goff. I'm Gabe Miller. We'll see you next time where we will take the best part of the week to talk about possibly the worst territory in the world. Goodbye, everybody.